I am so glad you're with me again today, this beautiful Wednesday. Thank you for joining me today. I really mean everything I say. I love doing this. It's for the Lord, and it's for you, His wonderful, precious, beloved people. And it's my joy. And so today I'm going to continue talking about living in the Spirit and seeing in the Spirit and living our life with no limits. Now remember what we read yesterday. All things are yours, Paul wrote. So Father, we come in Jesus' wonderful name. And I pray, Lord, you'll give me the words, just the right words to say. Bless your people, Lord, today with your precious word in Jesus' wonderful, glorious, holy name. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. I'm still in California. Tomorrow we fly back to Florida. So we're going to show you tomorrow a very special presentation again like Monday. A lot of you really enjoyed the healing service from uh, Jesus' image. So tomorrow we'll be showing you something again beautiful. All right, so let's talk about what we were talking about yesterday. And I came to the, to the part where I was talking about how you and I must imitate the Lord. From Ephesians 5.1, we are told to follow or imitate the Lord. How? Okay, so when we live the Christian life, suddenly our past is gone. No past record. We live free from the condemnation of past sins. And, and now we're in the Spirit, and the life of God, by the Holy Spirit, is within us. And we draw, we draw from that life. So we receive the Lord's life. Now we must draw from that life within us. And that is, is really how we begin to imitate the Lord. But let me just say something here, very, very important. Because we have received God's eternal life, now we're joined to Him. The second His life, eternal life, is in us. We are joined. We are one with Him. And being that we are one with Him in covenant, uh, it's natural now to uh, receive His ways, to flow in His ways. It's free for us to adapt into the eternal and we begin to walk in it from within. That's very important what I'm saying to you, from within. Now, uh, Jackson is holding the phone and Chad is sitting here next to me. I'm going to have him read a portion from 2 Corinthians 12, 11. That's very important because you and I cannot draw from within without God allowing trials. Please hear this. God allows trials in our lives to draw, to draw out of us the fullness of His life. Because when trials come, when tests come, uh, we look to the Lord's strength. We look to Him. 
and when we are, when we draw from his strength, then we're not dependent on our own. So what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 10, and I can read that with you. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. Why? For when I am weak, then I become strong in the Lord. I draw on his strength. So we began talking about yesterday, we began talking about how uh, Moses saw God when they stood looking at the Red Sea before them, the Egyptian army behind them. He did not see the sea. He did not see the army. He saw God. So miracles happen when we see the Lord, not our condition and situation. Think about David saying uh, in Psalm 23, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's a very terrifying place. But he says what? I will fear no evil. Why? Thou art with me. Meaning he saw God in the valley. He saw God. He didn't see the valley. So we have got to learn the lesson that Caleb and Joshua learned in Numbers 13, 14, when they went into the promised land, the 10 spies, it's the story of the 12 spies going in, that the 10 spies came out saying, we, we, we saw giants and we can't get in. And that whole generation had to die because they could not enter into the promised land with that negativity. Think about this. It took 40 years to get Egypt out of them. They could not enter the promised land because Egypt was in them. It's not about coming out of Egypt. It's Egypt coming out of you. <laughs> say it again, huh? Chad is like that. Do say. The reason people today don't receive the promises of God is the world is still in them. So Egypt was still in Israel, in their hearts. They were always saying, I want to go back to Egypt. I miss Egypt. I'm starving over here. God was testing them in the desert to say, will you not look to me? Will you not trust me to take care of you? You've seen my power. Why are you questioning whether you're going to eat or drink? Don't you, don't you believe I can do it? And Moses said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word God speaks. Meaning, trust his promises. He'll take care of you. He did not fail you in taking you out of Egypt. Now trust him to bring you into the promise and the promised land. But they didn't trust God. They said, oh, there's giants. And, and they, they were so negative. God brought us, you know, brought us here to kill us, and we're going to all die here. We should have, oh, we miss Egypt. We miss the fish, and we miss the garlic, and we miss the leeks, and all the vegetables they ate. And what, what happened to that whole generation? They perished. So listen to me. I want to tell you something very, very important. The promises of God are dependent on our obedience. God promised them the promised land. They didn't make it. They died in the desert. Their children went in, but not them. Well, some will say, well, God promised it, but he didn't fulfill it. Oh, no, no, no. Wait a minute. 
the promises of God are dependent on obedience. And that's why he repeatedly said to him, if you obey, if you follow me, if you keep my word. But what happened later? Later, even after they entered the promised land and broke the commandments, they were driven out. They went to Assyria, they went to Babylon. Then they were scattered for 2,000 years till 1948. So with you and me, we have to understand, we have to get Egypt out of us. It took them 40 years to get Egypt out of them for that the new generation didn't remember Egypt. So living in the spirit means we have to get the world out of us. How? Trials. God allows trials in order for us to look within, to receive his strength. So Paul says, I take pleasure in infirmities. I take pleasure in reproach. I take pleasure in necessities and persecution and distress for Christ's sake, for Jesus' sake. So when I'm weak, I can look to him and draw from his life within. That's what it means by imitate, follow. So trials are not our enemies. Trials are not our enemies. Trials are opportunities. Hallelujah. Never look at your problems as, as problems. See them as opportunity. Trials are God-given golden opportunities that enable us to look to the Lord and to look within and to draw that life out. Keep me informed on how much time. I'm going <laughs> to, because, all right. So let's, let's go, let's go to James chapter 1, and let's look at verse 2 through verse 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect. Wow. It can bring us to a, to a place of completion. That's what the word entire means. Complete. Completion. Wanting nothing. Lacking nothing means spiritually. You can come to the place of such fullness in the Lord. Such completion in the Lord that you don't look at the problems and the trials. Okay, today, the world is in a dangerous place, but not the church. Yeah, we're watching the news with Russia, the Ukraine. What's going to happen next? Are they going to solve it, not solve it? Well, let me, tell you, let, let me just say this. It's not our world. This is not our world. Yeah, Jesus did say, you're in it. You're not off the world, you're in the world. Meaning, if you're in the world, you, you at least need to know what's going on. But don't let that affect you. You're in the world, you know what's happening, but don't let it affect you. You're not off it. Don't let it depress you. Don't let it bring fear into your hearts. 
all is well to you and me who walk in the spirit. It's so beautiful. It's so simple. Then like Moses, you won't see the Red Sea. The Egyptians, you'll see God. David, you will not see the valley of the shadow of death. You'll see the Lord. Or the, or, or, or the you know, two spies, Caleb and Joshua, who saw the Lord, not the giants. So we, and that's the, the life we live. We live by faith, not by sight. We're a heavenly people, not an earthly people. Let your affections be set on things above, Colossians 3, 6. So, now, it says, but let patience, verse 4, have her perfect work. In other words, don't give up. Don't, don't let fear, you know, take hold of you. In Luke 21, the Lord said, you know, these times will come, trials and difficulties and Man's heart's failing him for fear, but for us, look up. Your redemption draws nigh. And look up means see the Lord. See Jesus. I gave you the example yesterday from Romans 13, where it says, put on Christ and you'll not fulfill what the, what the, what the, what the flesh wants. Well, what does put on Christ mean? I want to repeat it. If I took a letter, and put that letter inside an envelope. Wherever the envelope goes, the letter goes. We are in Christ. We are inside the envelope. He's the envelope and we are in it. So we put on the envelope, we put on Christ, and then the flesh has nowhere to go. It cannot function. That is life in the spirit, in Christ. It's in the spirit. I also give you the, the example. When you jump in a pool or in the ocean, you go swim and you open your eyes, you see the water around you. You don't see the world, you see the water. You don't see what's happening outside, you see what's going on inside. So when we open our spiritual eyes, we see the Lord and we see his beautiful promises. We see his word. We don't see what's going on in the world. Now, God allows trials to bring us to the place to look within. So it says, if any man, verse 5, if, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that he that giveth to all men liberally and up and up upbraideth not, or uh, does not reproach us without reproach, and it shall be given. So when trials come, look to the Lord. And God will, will give you that wisdom to understand why these things are happening in your life. So trials are the opportunities that the Holy Spirit produces in our life so that the life of Jesus can take over. So think about what, 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 what I'm saying. Trials are opportunities for the Holy Spirit to produce the life of Jesus in our life. Because we look within. He helps us find the Lord. And if we fail uh, and we approach them as something to overcome by our will, so 
when trials come and we think, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna overcome them by myself. Well, what, what happens then? We no longer lean on the Lord. We no longer look for his strength. And that's when we lose. Well, I'm gonna do it myself. No, no, no. Paul said, I rejoice when trials come because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. The strength of the Lord flows through me. So trials cause us to die to the flesh. God allows them to bring death to self. So Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him, what, deny himself. But God in his love and wisdom allows trials to say, all right, these trials will cause them to walk away from self and look to me. That's what deny self means. And then we die to the things of the world, carry the cross, follow the Lord. So trials cause us to die to the strength of the flesh. And now we begin to enter, listen to this, we begin to enter into the resurrection life of Jesus himself that's his life in us so trials are our God-given golden opportunities to die to the flesh and now let Jesus by the Holy Spirit live through us so when 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 Chad asked me uh, when I hired him it's been a while now when he came to work with me I don't like the word hired him. You're not hired. You're a, you're a blessing. <laughs> He's a wonderful, he and, and dear Jackson now who's holding the camera, that's a blessing to my life. They're true saints of God. I'm telling you, they love the Lord, these, these young men. It's wonderful how to see that. Precious. But anyway, so when, when, when Chad came, he asked me, because we were in the car, on uh, I-4 or 95, I can't remember. And one guy, uh, you know, cut us, cut us off. And he did something nasty uh, because I think we we're going too slow or something for him. Well, anyways, well, Chad got really upset with that fella who was Speedy Gonzalez, I call these people who, who like to, you know, drive so fast. That, that made you laugh when I called the guy. You know, there's another Speedy Gonzalez here you know, driving so fast, going so fast, go, going nowhere. Anyways, that's what they, they are. They're going nowhere when they drive so fast. So he, he looks at me and, and says, and I'm all calm and having a lovely time. He said, how do you do this? Like how? Like why are you so okay with this when the guy just insulted us? I said, ah. That's what I did. And finally, he said, well, you know, how does that happen? I said, well, we, we look within. We, we, we let Jesus take care of it. We just kind of brush it off. No, I wasn't like that when I got saved. And I wasn't like that when, when I was young. I wanted to go get him. But ah, you just kind of forget about it. But the Lord gives us strength as we mature 
and grow in the spirit. And that's just the way it is. So you cannot, I cannot die overnight. Death is a process. Denial of self is a process. It takes years sometimes to get to that place. So let's look at Colossians. And Jerry, I'm going to have you read for us Colossians 3, uh, 1, 2, and 3. That's Colossians 3, and you sweet people, you follow with them. And keep me uh, kind of how much time I have. Oh, lovely. Okay. So Colossians 3, we have 10, 10 yes, more sir. minutes. Uh, verse 1, 2, 3. I love it. Thank you, sir. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, Amen. where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Okay, now he says something very beautiful. He says, you are dead. Well, what does he mean? Dead to the world. Dead to self. So, only when your life in the flesh stops, his life begins. Your life in the flesh has to stop. And I don't mean like die physically. You all know that. I mean die to self. Die to the desires of the old life, the old man, he's called in the Bible, the carnal self. So then the life of Jesus begins and then we can obey. It's impossible to obey God till self is gone. And that's why the Israelites could not obey God because self was not denied. I mean, think, please think about the amazing power demonstrated 40 years in the wilderness and before that in Egypt, and they refused it. Why? Because the power of God does not change a heart. Only the presence of God changes the heart. And that's why God says, I will give them a new covenant. I will dwell within them. I will dwell within them. Because he saw that all the power they, they saw didn't change them. So it says in the Bible, not by might nor by power, right? But by my spirit. And I've, 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 I've asked people the question many, many times publicly. If you were there 2,000 years ago and you saw Jesus raise the dead, heal the sick, cleanse lepers, calm the storm, would that have changed your life? And I said, before you answer, think. Because it didn't change their life. The apostles were not changed. Because when Jesus died on the cross, they said, Oh, we thought he was the Son of God. They began to question it. Peter denied him. Judas be betrayed him. And the others went back home. Why? The Holy Spirit wasn't yet in their heart. It's the Holy Spirit who changes the hearts of men, not miracles. If miracles changed the hearts of men, Israel would have changed. The apostles would have changed. But when Jesus rose from the dead, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. That's when they changed. And after that, they were ready to die for him, and they did. They were martyred. Before that, they were willing, but they didn't have the, they didn't have the strength. 
And Jesus used his influence. Think about Jesus in the flesh was with them all the time, using his influence. They saw his love, they saw his grace, they saw his compassion for the multitudes, but it didn't change their, their hearts. Because later they questioned if he's the Messiah when he hung on that precious cross. And Cleopas, on the road to Emmaus, who was, by the way, a relative of the Lord, he was married to his aunt, walking with him with the other unknown disciple. Well, we thought he was the one, he said. And Jesus then had to go through the whole Bible to show him himself. And then finally at communion, he was revealed. So, the change came when the Holy Spirit came. And you and I have the Holy Spirit. It's, it's easy for us now to look within and say, Lord, I don't want to live for the flesh. And that's the only way we can be at peace in these days of such trouble for the world. So, only people in covenant can really live the kind of life I'm talking about. And just before I say bye, read Jeremiah 31, 33 and Jeremiah 24, 7. Hallelujah. Okay? Because this is the key right here. And I just said it. Okay? Jeremiah 31, 33. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. Right. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And that's what happened when Jesus came. And then when you read Jeremiah 24, 7, we see again this beautiful promise. And I will give them a new heart to know me, that I am the Lord and they shall be my people and I will be their God. For they shall return unto me with their whole heart. Now, I want to read for you something very beautiful. I want to read Ezekiel 37, and I want to show you that all you have, you, you, you have to do is simply surrender to the Lord, and he does the rest. Because in Ezekiel 37, verse 26 and 27, he says, Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant. And I will place them and I will multiply them and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. So here we have the Lord saying, I want to have a covenant of peace with them, an everlasting covenant. I will place them. I will multiply them. I will put my sanctuary in the midst of them, meaning in their hearts, forevermore. Wow. I will be their God. They shall be my people. But it, it, it is God who will put his spirit within you and cause you to walk. Listen here. Let's go back one more time to Jeremiah, because you just read it earlier, but I want to point this out one more time to you, because people need to see this. 
This shall be my covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts, write it in their hearts, will be their God, they shall be my people. And if you really read the word, it's all the Holy Spirit doing it. He, he, he says, I will cause you to walk in my law. I will cause you to walk in my covenant. Wow. By the Holy Spirit. So. All right. I want to just pray with you right now. And I mean, you, you know what the Bible says. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit in 2 Corinthians. And all we have to, we have to do is surrender to him daily to live a life of beauty and peace without the world affecting us in any way, ever. And that life is possible today by his precious Holy Spirit who is within you now. So Lord, I thank you. No limits. There are no limits. We are free from limitations. Our wonderful Father, touch your people. Let them live a life of such beauty, such power, as your presence takes over their life. Your Holy Spirit takes over their life. That's what you meant when you said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let him control your life. I give you the praise. Touch them and bless them today with peace that passeth all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. I will tell you, the world will get worse and you will get better. The world will get darker, you're going to get brighter because that light in you is going to shine brighter and brighter day by day. All right, thank you for joining me this, this wonderful Wednesday. And now it's time to give to the Lord's work. I want you to sow your seed and thank him that your future is glorious in every way, including financially, including financially. So you can sow your seed by uh, sowing it right on the platform you're watching me on, or just go to our website, benhin.org, or simply text BHM45777. And then tomorrow, a very special presentation again, because I'll be flying back to Florida. And Friday, I'll see you again. All right. Well, much love to all of you. And by, by the way, Sunday night, I'll be preaching for my children at Jesus' image. So be watching live uh, all over the world. Much love to you. Bye-bye.